Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Jason bent his head to kiss her. Jason, not here. Everyone goes this way. You can't. Challenging me, my darling. He kissed her again in such a manner that she forgot where she was. And even if she remembered, it wouldn't have mattered anymore. And now we will have our little talk, darling Leticia. Not here. Oh, Jason. Two porters, wheeling an empty trolley briskly towards the corridor, went past, their eyes starting from their heads. A nurse, wrapped in the arms of a large, elegant man, was an unusual sight. They looked the other way when they encountered Jason's bland stare. Your room, he suggested. You must be joking. Claire. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me that book is from the point of view of the two porters. Oh my god. I mean like bland stare? Bland why, stare. Why would that be a thing? I imagine that a bland stare means that there's just like oatmeal pooling out of your eyes. Um, considering Jason, I assume that that is correct. Great. But Claire... Before we get into the juicy details, the juicy bland details, yes, we need to do our podcast. (gasps) A podcast. A podcast. A podcast. Hi, I'm Neil, and I'm Claire, and this is FMK Lit, where we read two romance novels, a straight one and a queer one, and then we play fuck, marry, kill with the characters. We sure do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. So many spoilers. So if you do not like spoilers. Just go read the book or read a, an actual review mm-hmm. and then come back and hear what we have to say while we spoil everything for you. Indeed. Indubitably. Indubitably. <laughs> um, Claire, uh-huh. which books are we spoiling today? Well, we read two books on the topic of summer. And yes, Yay. I've done it before, but I'm sorry. Summer comes around several times in one's lifetime. And so one <laughs> must... One must talk about summer. It also comes several times in a year in San Francisco. (laughs) It's not even summer in San Francisco right now. (laughs) It's very nice outside, though. Yeah, so... It was very cold yesterday, but it's very nice today. Ooh, I have absconded for the summer. I am elsewhere. I swear. I'm in a secret place. Anyway, but let's talk about these books. So, we read A Small Slice of Summer from The Best of Betty Neals by Betty Neals. Mm-hmm. And we also read The Summer of Jordi Perez and The Best Burger in Los Angeles by Amy Spaulding. It's funny you mentioned that, Claire, because I, like... The warm weather. I haven't had lunch yet. I want a hamburger so fucking bad right now. Oh my god, I do too. I do too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So before we get into these books, Claire, uh-huh. what has got you hot and or bothered? The circle. <laughs> Again. <still. laughs> Again and forever. But there is something. <laughs> I didn't bring up last time. That is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the members of the circle is a romance author. 
Oh. Yeah, and I completely forgot to mention it last time. Um, and he is an older gay gentleman who has been mm-hmm. with his partner, husband, for a very long time. And uh, he sometimes writes under a nom de plume of a woman. But is it gay romance? Not always. Oh, okay. Sometimes it is straight romance. Uh, yeah. That hurts my brain. I mean, and there's like, there's so many feels I have about this. Like, mm-hmm. on the other hand, like so many, like, obviously as an LGBTQ author, I want him to be published and get lots of money. And he's doing mm-hmm. fine, by the way. They just, he just wanted to win the money on the circle so that he and his husband could finally get the pool they've always wanted. <gasps> Oh. Yeah, every other people were like, I want to buy a house for my family. Uh, me and my two small children have been living in a an apartment. Or a very rich young woman who was on the show was like, well, my father started a, a non-profit charity for recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. And uh, so all of the money would go to that. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> I know. And part of me was like, oh, <laughs> a pool? <laughs> a, p- a pool? A pool? A pool? A pool. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, and he has also written some LGBTQ literature as well, and mm-hmm. I think, but his LGBTQ literature is also sometimes over a, a, under a lady's nom de plume. So, in fact, you know, maybe, so, so in fact, Claire Rice, who has accused all these straight ladies of writing these LGBTQ mm-hmm. books... Quite possibly, they they could be nom de plume in it. <laughs> nom de plume in it. Um, nom de plume in it. That's very interesting too, because I also have noticed that a fair number of the writers, the the writers of queer romance that we've come across, who have names that would lead someone to believe that they are women, don't have pictures associated with them. I'm sure for a lot of people, that's like, oh, I want to maintain my anonymity, like. Right. It, it could it could lead to trouble if the wrong person finds out that I write queer literature, et cetera, et cetera. But that could also apparently just be queer men pretending to be women writing about queer men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the levels of um the levels that we have to hide ourselves in this society like openly queer men going back into the closet pretending to be women to write about openly queer men i feel like i'm in oceans 11 this is the oceans 11 of romance (laughs) that was actually mission impossible but still yeah but still um okay well that's Well, now I don't know what to believe, Claire. You know what? We should just stop believing things. Okay. (laughs) The truth is out there. The truth is out there. Neil. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? Claire, slowly but surely, things are returning to normalcy. As evidenced by, literally right after we stopped recording our last episode, I met up with a friend to go run some errands. 
I took a train, which hadn't been running in San Francisco for over a year. And then I was waiting in line and had to like, I, I had the now very foreign feeling of I'm in this line and I know that there's a bus coming in two minutes. Am I going to be able to finish my transaction in time to go get that bus? So like waiting in line at Walgreens, just like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, great. Thank you. Yes. Have a nice day. Ah! And then like hustling across the street to catch the bus. And then we ran our errands, and then we went to uh, an Irish pub, and we sat inside a bar and drank too much whiskey, and it, it, it was just so, so wonderful. And the food was actually pretty good. Um, I, I ordered fish and chips. The fish was very light, actually. And then my friend got shepherd's pie, and it was very delicious. Um, but yeah, it was just like... So many, so many before times things happened to me all in one evening, all in one afternoon. I was just like, what is this? What is happening? And so, in fact, listeners, I got on the train and because I had no idea the trains were running, I took a picture from inside the train and sent it to you, Claire, and sent it to a few other friends. It's like, look, the trains are a thing again. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm very excited um, to, now that I am vaccinated and now that most of my friends are vaccinated and most people that I know are vaccinated. And I think in San Francisco, especially my impression is that like a lot of people are getting vaccinated. So we can just like go back to something that vaguely resembles normalcy, i.e. sitting inside a bar with a friend and drinking too much whiskey. Like that's all I've wanted. Oh, that sounds oh, delightful. Utterly it was delightful. Great. It was great. Um, I have I have traveled to Texas to visit my um, my vaccinated people here, and mm-hmm. we hug each other. <laughs> we, go, we go to the grocery store. We go to restaurants. We eat food together. It's like so delightful, so delightful. <laughs> Speaking of summer, I'm actually I'm going on a trip this summer. I have I bought plane tickets for the first time, and I don't even know how long. I'm going to see people I haven't seen in over a year. Oh, it's so, it's so nice. (sighs) But let's talk about some books that may or may not be nice. Let's talk about some books. A Small Slice of Summer, The Best of Betty Neils by Betty Neils. Fate stepped in. Letitia Marsden had decided that men were not to be trusted. Then she met just... Dr. Jason Murick Van Nye, and he changed her mind. Learning to trust again wasn't easy for either of them. This time, Letitia vowed there would be a happy ending. But then Jason got the wrong idea about one of her male friends. Could a chance meeting set it right? Surely fate wasn't going to let a simple misapprehension stand in the way of true love. Claire. Yeah. That's what that book uh, says it's about. Huh. What is this book actually about? <laughs> that book is not about that. <laughs> well, this is one of the, like, we've done this a couple of times. And honestly, the first times we did it, it was very much to show that what's on the book cover and what's in the book can sometimes be entirely different. Mm-hmm. And I think the first couple we did, it was different in a lot of ways. And then after that, it's like, no, these books have to sell themselves. Like, mm-hmm. and readers are going to be pissed off if they read like that. This was a friends to lovers romance. And it's not that mm-hmm. like, 
you're going to lose a customer. Like, you're not just going to be somebody who's like, oh, I'm vaguely upset this book wasn't what I expected. Those romance readers throw fits. Mm-hmm. The book isn't what they wanted. So more often than not, you and I have found that those book descriptions really are pretty on on par. Mm-hmm. That's crazy pants, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, Claire, have a summation and a quote from this book to give my, to, to, to distill my experience of reading this book. Would you like me to share it now or should I save it? Oh, um, I mean, the readers have, or our listeners have just been told that what they heard wasn't what this book was about. Sure. So I do, in fact, want you to say this summation. Great. So my summation of this book is that it is 192 pages of white noise sprinkled with sexism and classism. (laughs) And I'd like to read a passage. This, this does not, uh, speak oh it speaks to the to the sexism a little bit not to the classism but this this gives this will give our listeners an idea of what this book is and i think i'll i think i will do it in a british accent just because i feel like it today excellent they walked back to the hospital talking trivialities and when he helped her into the bmw leticia allowed herself to sink back into its comfort as he turned the car into the evening traffic and presently down to the river to go at a leisurely pace along the embankment to Chelsea and over Putney Bridge. And when she asked him where they were going, his answer was, Oh, follow our noses, don't you think, dear girl? Which naturally enough led them to Hampton, and a pleasant side road alongside the river. But presently Jason left it and found his way to Cookham, and all the time he talked, a quiet flow of words which needed only the minimum of answers. Indeed, thinking about it afterwards, she was quite unable to remember what he had talked about, only that it had been soothing and undemanding, and when he stopped outside a charming inn on the river bank and suggested they that they had a coffee, she agreed happily. That was one sentence. Oh, oh, that I was have one sentence. I have also um uh, highlighted a single sentence that is insane. This book was full of insane single sentences. And and secret theme between these two books. Driving directions. <laughs> Which I get from LA. Like that's all people in SoCal talk about is like the directions that they took to get to a place and the directions they're going to take to get to the next place and traffic like that's people in socal don't have weather to talk about so they're talking about traffic obviously i'm used to it but then this one even when they're out in the village it's like paragraphs it's like oh you want to go down this country road and then turn a left here and then that should take you to this village and like just like unending ceaseless talk of how to get places uh yeah oh. no so this book also features a brand new fetish that I didn't uh-huh. know existed. And uh-huh. um, and it is, and having looked briefly, very briefly into other Betty Neal's things, uh, this is a fetish she has. And uh-huh. um, her readers who love her must also have. Stoic Dutchman? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of her books feature rich Dutchmen. <laughs> what? Why? I mean... And they almost all meet in Britain. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I... Uh, I've, okay. I mean, it's the funniest thing. Like, I... Like, like, I'm like, okay, I guess I get it. But I've seen some good-looking Dutch people, but I've never thought, dang, them Dutch. 
I've seen some good-looking Dutch people. Also, I have been to um, Amsterdam. It's wonderful. It's a fabulous city. Sure, so... but when you're thinking romance hero. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I I see it the once, but like all the time. Almost all of her books. Is her husband so, a rich Dutch man? Is that what this is? Must be, or maybe, he, or maybe she is a rich Dutch man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to lure all the British women over to the Netherlands. I and like the other thing. This so this romance book is. I think one of the things people think of when they think of bad romance, mm-hmm. where they think of like silly women who are silly and the rich guy who's going to whisk them away and the silly romance that happens in between. And just like you said, it's a bit of nothing. Like I've always stood up for romance novels, especially that took place in a time before women could really have their own bank accounts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which this one kind of does. So, like... Does it, though? Uh, <laughs> so, we, we can... I mean, like, I don't mean to... Der- I Put a pin in it, finish your thought, and then I have a question about when this book takes place. That is also a question that I have. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I'm willing to kind of, like, give a lot. Because, like, security is... you know like when a woman is part of a society where she cannot have ownership of things and the man she marries does is considered to have ownership of her i totally understand that part of the romance is security and like finding somebody who will not only be handsome and say romantic things to you but will not beat you uh will also kind of love your family members uh and will will and you never have to want for anything or ask for things like oh yeah you wanted to go on a vacation sure go whatever like Mm -hmm. i totally understand that and i'm never going to say boo about that like right sorry like if if that's the system you're in (laughs) if i never had to worry about money ever again i would be so happy yeah i mean and in addition you also love the person and in addition it's a romance worth of having and in addition the sex is great you know all of that hooray Mm -hmm. who am i to say you know angsty things about that but this book jesus fucking christ this is the book (laughs) that makes it seem silly so let's actually talk about what this book is about (sighs) can we sorry can i circle back to when this book takes place yes when does it take place I don't know. Same. Um, so this book was published in 1979. Mm-hmm. And nothing nothing that I could tell in this book would indicate when it took place. So something that I did started doing to pass the time as I was reading this cloud of white noise is I would find something that's, that to me seemed like having happened in a very specific moment in time and looking up when that was. So there's a point where, with the typhoid outbreak, that he mentions a particular medication um, that was invented in 1949. Okay. And there's another point where they mentioned thermos flasks, and those became a thing in like a widely known thing in the 50s. So this book take, took, takes place anywhere between 1950 and 1979, and there's nothing to indicate when. Nothing. Which leads me to believe... I mean, I I, guess we could look up the... Because, well, it does just say BMW. 
like his yeah. car. So, yeah. um, which, so, um, but BMW, I think was, uh, yeah, again, I think it's like, that means it's got to be sometime in the 60s, 70s. Right. But also, um, because BMW is a German company, right? So yes. he is a Dutch person, might have had a BMW before they came over to America, which sets it back. Some. Well, no, but there's a difference because uh, because directly after the war, um, after World War Two, manufacturing in Germany was dead. Oh, yeah. So like it couldn't. So if it was even if it was manufactured in Germany, it couldn't have started to be manufactured until later. Mm. In any case. Sometime mm-hmm. after the war is when this book takes place. Sometime after the war. Good God. So, sometime after the war, in <laughs> London, <laughs> Letitia, also known as Tishy by people I, who don't give a fuck about her. <laughs> I do love the name Letitia. I always I, have. I also love the name Letitia. Um, because it takes place in England, I almost expected her to be called Letty instead of... <gasps> Yes. Tishy? Like, Tishy... Um, f- so I was expecting Letty, but it, we got Tishy mm-hmm. right away. There is a very wonderful uh, Agatha Christie book. I think it's the Halloween party? No, it's A Murder is Announced. And there are these twins, Charlotte and Letitia, and they're Letty and Lottie. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute. Aww. Anyway. But the, um, they're, they're grown-ass women, so it's not <laughs> cute. It's like, oh, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so Letitia works at a hospital. She's a nurse. Um, she when she's not working at the hospital, and it's like a, a Catholic hospital. Mm-hmm. So like her superiors are nuns, and she makes no money. No money. She makes no money. I I don't know if that's true, but like. How how did a nurse make such a little money that she's like, oh, I bought a new dress, so I can't eat this week? I mean, again, we're going with the times. Like, we're, that women... I'm half convinced that uh, Betty Neal's came from money. And she's like, oh, this is what it's like to be a poor. It's quite possible. It's yeah. quite possible. Um... Either way, like, I don't know enough about the British healthcare system or about mm-hmm. women in society or any of that in Britain mm-hmm. to be able to know. But yeah. uh, whatever we... So taking it as facts of the world, if nothing else. Sure. These nurses are paid very little. Um, and she lives in a dorm room with a whole bunch of uh, dorms with a whole bunch of the other like lady nurses uh, from around. And of course, their entire lives revolve around the hospital. So mm-hmm. everybody's dating different people inside the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, Letitia is uh, she's 20. Yeah, that sounds about right. She's not, yeah, she's not very old. I think she's, she couldn't be much older than that. Um, She's recently suffered a heartbreak. And by heartbreak, I mean, she went out with a guy a couple of times, expected it to be love. And he was like, I mean, I we were having fun, but I was kind of hoping to have sex. And you don't want to have sex. So I think we should break it off. Mm-hmm. And so she's suffering from that and has sworn off all men. Under the age of 50. Under the age of 50. Um, which lucky for her, um, all the men we see next are over 50. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, and she is no money. 
Like, it's, uh, and she's, she likes her job as a nurse. It seems like she's good at it, too. Like, for, like, the descriptions, it seems like she was good at her job. Yeah, it's so bizarre, because when we first see her, sort of, like, because her job is to, to take people from surgery and sort of, like, monitor them, monitor them and sort of get them ready to, like, stay in an actual room, um, the first time we see her, she seems very competent at her job. She yes. seems to be very good at it. And then the rest of the book, she's just like, oh, I'm so glad that Jason is here to tell me what to do because I'm just a silly little girl and I don't know how to do anything. Yes. <sighs> yeah, it so was... So frustrating. Exceedingly frustrating. So, um, so she's been suffering a heartbreak. She ends up... Um, she's going to her aunt for a holiday because she's two days off. Which and just happens to be over a weekend, and apparently that's a fucking miracle. So she's going to visit her aunt. Uh, her aunt doesn't have a phone because it's negligible unknown times. Because it's so, after the war. Right, so she's just going to show up at her maiden aunt's home, and they're going to have a good time together. Um, I bet they would. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she steps off into the London street, and accidentally, like, somebody pushes her... <laughs> And she falls in front of a car, and it turns out it's the BMW of the handsome doctor she was talking to earlier. She's she's just outside the tube station, and there's just so much jostling on the corner that she gets shoved out into the street. Yep. <laughs> and then almost run over by the handsome doctor. She he gets does, hit. She does get hit. Oh, yeah. Well, he hits her with a bumper. It did sound like a light hit. Like, oh, yeah, so yeah, her yeah. ankle twisted funny on her way down. Yes. And yes, the yes, car yes. didn't actually hurt her at all because right. we can't have a ha, we can't have, you know, that. And he just <laughs> swoops in and picks her up and is like, well, you're coming with me to my weekend away to this other place I was going now. <laughs> um, and he takes her to who I can only assume is the previous love interest mm -hmm. from, uh, from the previous book. They have kids now. She was a nurse. He's a Ge doctor. Georgina and Julius. Georgina who's and also Julius. Dutch. He's also a Dutch doctor. He's also a Dutch doctor. All, all the doctors we meet are Dutch doctors. <laughs> I don't understand why. And somebody even comments on it, like, all these Dutch doctors everywhere, but it's never explained to never. us. Mm -mm. Nope, nobody talks about it. All these Dutch guys coming in, stealing the British ladies. Mm -hmm. um, also, coincidentally, Letitia is her sister is friends with Georgina, so she kind of knows Georgina. Yeah. But she's also like, I wasn't invited. Why am I at this people's house? Yeah. Oh, 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 and this just begins the long trail of Letitia saying she doesn't want something and something happening anyway, and her not standing up for herself, but also being put out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I... I and she gets angry at people at the drop of a hat. Like <laughs> and and she is absolutely like there's a point where she's uh hanging out in the backyard. She has nothing else to do. She's just sort mm -hmm. of reading through a magazine. Uh Jason shows up and he's like also laying down on the chair next to her. And she kind of chit-chats a little bit, not too much, and he's like, "Cool. Do you mind if I just take a nap?" And she's like, Sure, go ahead. But then in her mind, she's like, fuck you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what, though? She only gets she only gets angry at rich people, and I can respect that. <laughs> it's, 
It's not because they're rich and classist, but she does only get angry at rich people. So. It is it is hilarious, though. Like, the way she turns <laughs> on a dime, and he's like, I just love sitting in a car with you, because, like, after that speech, the one that, the long sentence that you had. That one like, sentence? That one sentence. Oh. Like, afterwards, he turns to her, and he's like, it's so lovely being in a car with you. You say nothing at all. And then, even though she'd just been thinking how pleasant that was, to mm-hmm. just half listen to him as he babbles on about who knows what the fuck and she's just like this is pleasant i don't even have to be a part of this conversation he mentions that same thing and she's like well fuck him <laughs> like yeah. what? i'm just a prop to him and i'm like girl well, that you is- just said you liked that <laughs> in her defense she is also a prop for him oh in her defense uh, he is horrible <laughs> um yeah Neil, how many times is Letitia called plain by other people? Not herself, other people. The whole book. The whole book. And like it sets up that she 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 has this moment where she's looking in the mirror and she's like, I know I'm not gorgeous. I know I'm not beautiful, but like I'm okay looking. Why not? Why not? And then, oh, well, we know that you're like just to her face. We know since you're very plain that this must be true. She's like, God, why? Why are you... Yeah. Oh, silly girl, you're so plain. Um, There's some very specific things we should talk about in this book. I am going to very quickly just sum up, like, using sort of what they said. So... (laughs) The the two plot points that happen? Oh, pretty much. So, she and Jason hang out for a little bit. Jason very much says, I'm a playboy. I just date lots of ladies, and that's my thing. She's not interested in that, so even though she starts crushing on him right away, she also Uh acknowledges to herself, this is never going to happen, so I'm just going to be sad sat crushing on him while he dates lots of ladies. Uh Um, Everybody around her is like, oh, too bad you're so plain. You'd be perfect for Jason, because everybody knows she's a doormat, and he likes doormat ladies. But he also likes really pretty ladies, so unfortunately she's out. <laughs> she's out. <sighs> um, so, but everybody says that around her, and then he even says it. Like, he says it to another friend of his, and she overhears it. She's like, owie, that hurts. And later he's like, so why are you being such a bitch? He doesn't say that. He says, why are you being so stiff up a lip? And she's like, well, I overheard you saying that I was very plain. And he says, well, you are. <laughs> It's true, I am. It's true, I am. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's why he's Dutch, that he can... Because my understanding is that in in, um, Dutch culture, like, there's no need to, like, pussyfoot around things. Just like, oh, you know, like, you're very bad at dancing. And that's not an insult. It's just, like, somebody stating a fact. So maybe, I don't know, maybe our writer was just like, oh, well, Dutchmen can just, like, tell it like it is. So we'll just throw <laughs> them in there. Um, so anyway, so he he starts kind of, like, insinuating that, like, oh, there's this dude, Carol, who's also a Dutchman. There's mm-hmm. this dude, Carol, who's super interested in you. You should try to date that guy. And um, Carol is not interested in um letitia but he does like her and he's like oh we could be friends and letitia's like great because i'm not actually interested in you at all (laughs) and and they have a lovely time being friends like after Mm -hmm. that they just have a lovely time jason then does think and this is something the back of the book cover gets right that she and carol are kind of an item now 
Um, which she disabuses all the time. <laughs> He's like, well, I hope you're enjoying your time with Carol. And she's like, I mean, yeah, we're friends. And she's like, he's like, I know your friends. And she's like, uh-huh, friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that thing and, I said. Indeed. And so then, and it's really funny, because all Carol will do is talk to her about this other girl he has got this super big crush on. Yeah. And she's like, great, yes, tell me all about it, because I am not interested in you at all. <laughs> Just, I got nothing else going on. I'll help you with your lady problems, sure. Right, but Jason doesn't, like, take that as a warning to not date her. He genuinely thinks that he can have any lady, and he doesn't want her until, um, later, when he just decides. Mm-hmm. Also... Uh, and he decides, just... by the way, when he thinks she's still dating Carol. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's... you know what? You and I should get married. And she's like, nope. <laughs> well, it's very similar to the day that she just decided to be in love with him for no reason. Right. Right. He's like, my dear girl, we should get married. And she goes, are you asking me to pity marry you? Which makes no sense to me. Letitia, there's no such thing as a pity marriage. <laughs> that, that rich Dutch man. That man is rich and he is Dutch. He can have any British woman he wants. It's not pity, girl. Yeah, he's not pity marrying you. What a weird fucking thing to think. Uh, How low does your self-esteem have to be for you to go... He's only marrying me out of pity. <laughs> this rich Dutch man. So anyway, uh, but either way, I was glad she said no the first time she said no. Because I was like, yeah, because you could find a better guy. Carol will help you find a better guy. And then um, and then they spend more time together. And in the course of events, he asks her again. And she's like, yeah, sure. And that's it. Like, the only other thing... See, throughout the book, they're thrown together for various reasons. First, it's a car accident. Then it's, like, a long vacation. Every chapter, he says he's leaving and going somewhere else. And then in the next chapter, he just magically shows up wherever she is. And it is never explained. Never explained. Like, she goes home to her family. And, um... Which is a distance from any place at all like it is hard to get to her house as evidenced by the many paragraphs we have to listen to of how to get there but now we know exactly how to get there i we could like we could track this um she goes home she goes for a walk just for funsies and she comes upon a sick gypsy boy remembering correctly the the politically correct term for that group of people is travelers because gypsy has a lot of like negative connotation to it um but this is this was written sometime after no, yeah. the war like i'm literally just saying what she said like if, if we were to say like who these people were it's just she just met people on the road like yeah 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 <laughs> she just found a boy in the right. road who was ill and followed him back to where he belonged and found all these other ill people but we must refer to them over and over again in the book apparently as the gypsies but it also like there's this whole thing which 
to me speaks to the fact I, I'm fairly certain I think I looked it up that Betty Neils was like 70 when she when this book was published like there's this thing where they go to the hospital because they have typhoid and then they're back like not too long after and Letitia's like that's too soon that's it. and everyone's like no 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 they have very strong constitutions because they live closer to nature yeah. and they like romantic and like yeah but they're out in the woods because nobody's letting them into their town want to yeah. throw that out there yeah there was like it was a uh, like anytime I've seen um, travelers come up in any any piece of literature it is either going to go one way or the other highly romanticized mm-hmm. or look at these dirt people <laughs> and like I didn't know which way this book was going to go to be very honest with you when we found that little boy in the road and I was like okay and it was romanticized we're romanticized mm-hmm. instead although she still Letitia is still like I mean I'm not like when they're like oh you saved our lives so please come in and have some tea and we can just chat and hang out for a little bit so we can thank you and mm-hmm. like in her mind she's like I mean ew but I guess but I guess <laughs> But I do appreciate that she's like, no, these people need to be in a hospital. And all of the all of the doctor men were like, no, they have strong constitutions. <laughs> she's like, but, what? So this brings up like the Jason just appearing out of nowhere because she is in the midst of trying to save these people's lives. Uh-huh. And she she can't lift this little boy all by herself. Uh-huh. And she's looking around. She's like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to have to leave him in the side of the road. And she does, and she feels awful about it. And I thought this part of the book was very interesting. And then she comes up the road, and there's fucking Jason. Which, Who was hooray! Su- he I'm was glad. supposed to be back in the Netherlands. He yeah. was like, oh, I'm going back to the Netherlands tomorrow. And then he's, like, in this forest in, like, the British countryside. What? Why? How? I think he just kept telling her that and just followed her places. Yep, I think so too, which makes it very weird for so right? many reasons. But um, thank God uh, he was there, I guess. And so that's one way they're thrown together, and they're thank thrown God he was together there to over tell holidays. Her what to do, even though she's also a medical professional. Yes, she sh- she was like, uh, "This is a very bad situation." But and then Jason shows up, and in her mind, she's like, "Oh, thank God he's here to take charge of the situation." I'm like, you know what you're doing. Like yeah. you, you know what you need to. Obviously, you can't like cure people of typhoid right now, but you know what you need to do to get them the help that they need. But thank God, Jason shows up to tell her what to do because her silly lady brain is just ah. oh, oh, um, and and honestly, like there's part of me that you know would usually I think push back on you a little bit with a silly la- lady brain comment, except for this passage. She went away, too, so Letitia brushed her hair and creamed her freckles and sat quietly, not thinking of anything very much, until Jason came to carry her downstairs. Like, she literally just goes blank. She just turns off, and there's just, like, (laughs) oatmeal spilling out of her ears as she just, like, (laughs) dead shark eyes brushes her hair. Oh, my God. And, like, um... And she is poor, more poor than everybody else here, but she's definitely poor. And she's invited to this house to stay, and Jason must carry her up and down the stairs and everywhere they go because her ankle is semi-swollen. And um, that's fine, I guess, but, like, 
she she doesn't like it. Like, if she liked it, it would be different, but she hates it. So there's even no descriptions of how lovely that feels. Like, we skip that trope of of any of those feelings. Like, we get one where it's like, what if I'm too heavy for him? I'm not. <laughs> he, of course not. He's so strong. He's Dutch. <laughs> Um, so they're thrown together a bunch of times. He's very weird about everything. She's called plain by absolutely everybody, including him. Um, and, uh, continually called plain until the end. I think there was like one thing that I really appreciated, which I, I guess was true because again, she gets angry at the drop of the hat and it becomes mm-hmm. obvious whenever she's angry. That's actually one of the things he likes about her. It's like, no, you're like a little dragon. <laughs> And I'm like, that is an amazing compliment. I'm like, fuck yes. Like, he's like, you know why I like you? You're like a little dragon. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I'll take it. Like, <laughs> like he, like, and I think that's like the point of the books. Like, look at these handsome and uh, accomplished, very rich men who see you, you little plain British girl, <laughs> who has nothing to offer the world except your little dragon heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the fantasy of these books. It must be because, I mean, this woman, she's got. Uh, she is very good at her job, but we get just enough of that to know she's good at it, so we don't have to question that anymore. She's mm-hmm. she's got nothing in her brain. She doesn't actually like any of her friends. She sort of she loves her family, but in a you know sort of um, one must love one's family type of way. And um, other and she's you know come you know she has no self esteem at all. Mm-hmm. This is not a magic dick book. She does not get self-esteem by yep. being around Jason. Jason doesn't yep. help her self-esteem at all. She does help rescue him from a bull, though. Which was fun. That was also fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Just this. The pacing of this book is so bizarre. Because she's at this long weekend at Georgina and Julius's house. And there are all these Dutch people there. And Where she, she has to take care of their children. She has to take care of their children. Oh, so this is the trip. This is the trip where they all go to the Netherlands. And it just like goes through, oh, today we arrived and then we did this and then we fed the children and then we had dinner. And it was just like every moment of the weekend. And then it's just like, all right. And then we went out and had a picnic, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a bull that's trying to kill Georgina and her child. So then Jason and Letitia have to save them from the bull. And then by the next page, Georgina's like, oh, aren't men just the best? They do everything for us. Time for dinner. Let's talk about dinner now. And this is what we wore. And this is where we went for the evening. It's just like, what? What? Yeah. Ugh. Also, I have one last thing to say about this book, which is that the very last line of this book is Letitia saying, yes, dear Jason, I'll do whatever you say. Yep. <laughs> so that's that in a nutshell. And- and dear reader, I married him. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I do want to do one more exceptionally long sentence because I yes. thought this was kind of amazing. Please. 
She and Margot had been there to stay once or twice, and Letitia, living in a fool's paradise in which the medical registrar was the only important being, had imagined herself living like that too, only it hadn't turned out like that at all. He had taken her out for a month or two, talking vaguely about a future which she, in her besotted state, had already imagined into fact, which in fact was in fact at all, only daydreams. Then, when she had refused to go away with him for the weekend, he turned the daydream into a nightmare with a jibing, uh, jibing speech about her old-fashioned uh, girls and who should move it, move with the times, and ending with a remark that she wasn't even pretty one sentence that actually doesn't end in a period that ends in an ellipsis i i this, feel like i just had three birthdays while that was happening while <laughs> was going on this book was uh legit frustrating um and very british but in a, the in a i i guess or maybe it's very dutch and i didn't know it um <laughs> Oh, uh, here's another, like, just sort of strange paragraph that I, I, um, that I highlighted. Ah, oh, yes, a bit monotonous, dear girl, but actually a compliment. A nice girl, from a man's point of view at least, means one who is pleasant to have around, with a soft voice and gentle ways, no ideas about contradicting him, until he opens, uh, when he opens his mouth, a girl who doesn't expect compliments with every second breath, or imagines that just because he is a man, he's wildly in love with her. That's what men want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> men want a girl just like this girl a, a, a woman shaped doll made out of congealed oatmeal <laughs> goodness oh, this book was kind of a mess It's it was not sexy there was no point in which I wanted their romance to work out at all there was no <laughs> uh, like I kept thinking to myself I'm like girl just you know what you need to do just be a nurse there's a point that I say, girl, you know what you need to do. Go fuck some other nurses. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, who cares if uh, who cares if you just eat french fries? Fuck that doctor. Eat them fries. <laughs> <laughs> Which you think wouldn't be a problem because the Dutch love fries so much. I know, but he gave her some, like, mean eyes when she was eating Ugh, the fries. It's because she didn't put weird sauces on it like they do in the Netherlands. Oh, it's God, it's true. so fucking delicious. Uh, <laughs> Anyway. anyway, that was that book. That was that book. That was that book. <laughs> the Summer of Jordi Perez and the Best Burger in Los Angeles by Amy Spaulding. 17, fashion obsessed and gay, Abby Ives has always been content playing the sidekick to other people's lives, while her friends and sister have plunged headfirst into a world of dating and romances. Abby's been happy to focus on her plus-size style blog, her dreams of taking the fashion industry by storm. She lands a great internship at her favorite boutique and is thrilled to take the first step towards her dream career. Then she falls for her fellow intern, Jody Perez, hard. And now she's competing against the girl she's been kissing to win the coveted paid job at the end of the internship. 
but really nothing this summer has been going as planned. She also unwittingly becomes friends with Jax, a lacrosse playing bro type, who wants to help her find the best burger in Los Angeles, and she's struggling to prove to her mother, the city's celebrity health nut, that she's perfectly content with who she is. Just as Abby starts to feel like she's no longer a sidekick in her own life, Jordy's photography surprisingly puts her in the spotlight. Instead of feeling like she's landed a starring role, Abby feels betrayed. Can Abby find a way to reconcile her positive yet private sense of self with the image others have of her? That was that. That's what that book says. It's about Neil. What is that book mm-hmm. about? That was, that was the, almost that was the, the entire, entire book. book. Sans the ending. <laughs> the entire book. Because <laughs> there's there are only like two actual points of conflict in this entire book, and one of them didn't get mentioned because it turns out to not be real, and then the other one did get mentioned, and that's like, anyway, okay. So this book um, is also pretty mm-hmm. fluffy, and um. It's a real it's a real easy read in that you can just kind of like turn your brain off a little bit. But um it's it was pretty cute. I actually really enjoyed it. Like there were a couple of nights that I stayed up later than I should have because I was just like the, the, you get through those chapters real quick and it's just like oh just one more, just one more, just one yeah, more. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I I enjoyed reading this book um which was a surprise to me cuz I was kind of going in expecting it to have some other sort of things, but on, honestly like and I've said, I'll say it again, forever and again. Um, not a big YA person. Um, and sometimes this book did mm-hmm. rub me the wrong way for the YA reasons. But um, I mm-hmm. really thought a lot of it was really cute, really well put together. Um, I think there was, uh, I think the author did a really neat thing. She says at the very top, like, uh, our main character is always the type of girl who is like second fiddle. She's like the best friend in any romance where she's the cute, quirky one. Um, but I really liked that they had this straight bro type as her cute, quirky sidekick. And, (laughs) and I loved that. And I also loved that. Like there was a moment where she felt like he was only her friend for like other reasons, but she, she talked to him about it Mm -hmm. right away. And he was like, no, I like you. And it was fine. That was the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so let's, let's just talk through that. Um, so Abby, her best friend, Mm -hmm. Malaya, Malia, um, has a new boyfriend, and so she's doing the thing, and I hate when people do this. It's like, she has the boyfriend, so that's where all of her free time is going, and basically, it's just kind of like ignoring Abby. Because you know, you know that as soon as Malaya and Trevor get into a fight, that's when she shows up and expects yeah. Abby to be there for her, and then as soon as they're done with the fight, she goes right back to Trevor. I've had friends like that, and I I I've actually it. not minded it, but I'll only say this, only because I have been honest with those friends and been like, I totally get that you're involved and in, enveloped in this relationship, but like, I just need you on Saturday and just you like, and, mm. and then <laughs> if, if the boyfriend comes along and I'm like, sorry, like, I'm going to be honest and say, I really thought it was going to be me and you. And it's okay if you need to be <laughs> in your love envelope for a little while. Um, but and and it's that's fine uh just when i call please call me back and like and if you can't make that happen Uh then you know 
Call me in five months when your love envelope has opened up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love this <laughs> idea of a love envelope. I imagine on the outside it's like sparkly and it has a little heart sticker keeping it closed, but then when you open it, it's just like. <laughs> I, mean, I thought you were going to say confetti. It's one of those like confetti packages that just bursts in your face. No. <laughs> no. No. Um. <laughs> that's only gay people love gay people love is confetti <laughs> straight people love is mushy and soggy and that weird yeah. <laughs> um, so Abby's kind of like on her own for the summer and she gets as the book says she gets an internship at her favorite boutique which is called Lemonberry because she loves fashion she doesn't know what she wants to do in fashion but she know she knows that she wants to do something in fashion and uh, it's sort of known that the in the the girl who gets the summer internship and it's usually it seems to always be like the summer before her senior year so that by the fall they usually get a job and then they go off to college and have made room for the next intern to get her job um and then the the woman who owns the boutique maggie also does her own designs and then also the intern usually gets a bunch of free clothes. So it's like everything Abby wants out of life. Um, meanwhile, while that's happening, she gets introduced to one of uh, Malia's boyfriend's friend, Jax, who's like total bro. And he's like, oh, hey, my dad uh, is making this app called Best Blank, where you basically, wherever you are, it's like, oh, best milkshake, best pizza and it like gives there's a there's criteria for ratings and stuff um and it's like yeah he wants me to spend the summer um figuring out where the best burger is do you just want to go eat a bunch of hamburgers with me this summer and give your opinion on them and she's like i mean i guess i don't have anything else going on and she's like kind of suspicious of like what this friendship is going to look like but he's actually great and she's like oh my god he's a really good friend and we're just eating a bunch of hamburgers and like helping each other with girl problems and and all of this stuff so it was it was actually really cute and then there's a point where towards the end where his dad shows up and it turns out that he's using the connection between abby and jacks to like get to his mom who's this like famous health nut and wants to sort of like co-brand and she she approaches jacks and she's like did you do this just because your dad wanted you to be friends with me to get to my mom and he's like no, I did this because you're cool and I wanted to be friends with you. It's just like, really? And it's like, yeah, you're really cool and I just want to be your friend. It's just like, okay. And then they go eat more burgers and it's great. <laughs> it was really sweet. Um, so anyway, so this internship, there's a, there's a wrench uh, in the works in that this summer, Maggie brought on two interns, but she only has a room for one job paid job in the fall so all of a sudden abby and this girl from her school jordy are like kind of competing but it never really explained to me why jordy was interested in this yeah job it really particular. didn't seem like her thing at all like the internship did because she's interested in photography so this is like the the perfect opportunity and she had a lot of opportunity over the course of the summer to like do photography and like have it seen by people and there's even a point where there's sort of like this fashion show and they ask uh maggie asks jordy to go with them to this fashion show so that she can like 
take photos of it. And so, like, that makes sense, but then the paid job wouldn't, as far as I could no, tell, No, the paid job is retail. That. Like, you so were 100% know. on the floor, and you're just yeah. doing the retail part. So I don't know why she was interested in this job, but, like, that was the point. That that was the the barrier between them, is that they, they both wanted this job. But then pretty soon in, it's like, oh... You're cute. Oh, you're cute. Maybe we should kiss now. Oh my god, we're dating! Yay! Something that I enjoyed too. So Abby is uh she calls she identifies as fat. She's a bigger girl. And her mom is this health guru who oh my god, yeah, I was so curious what it was. And when I found out I was like, Yeah, no, she has right to be fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, we know that she's fucking pissed off at her mom. It's just like, ooh, what happened, what happened, what happened? And basically, there was one point where, at the beginning of the summer, the mom approached Abby and was like, oh, hey, if you go on this diet, I can, like, document it over the course of the summer, and then you'll finally be, like, thin and pretty. It's just like, yeah, bitch, no. Mm." So Abby, like, what I find... Um, interesting. So Abby has very terrible self-esteem, which I was kind of okay with yeah, because yeah, she yeah. is 17. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like, any possible opportunity for her to doubt herself, it happened, and that gets just so old to me. Um, but so she, she's queer and she's fat, and like, those are things that she likes about herself or is okay with like she doesn't she doesn't have body image issues that only comes up because it's a point of contention with her and her mom she doesn't care and she's like like though there is a really good moment um where uh a new thing of dresses comes in and one of the girls that works there who's like very thin and glamorous was like, Oh, maybe we have something in your size, Abby. What are you a medium? And Abby's like, yeah, thin people always try to like offer you a smaller size that they know doesn't fit. Like they're doing you some sort of service to like put out into the world that this is maybe your size. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've experienced that for sure. And I'm sure plenty of women have. Um, so I thought that was great, but it's never, it's like, she's never down on herself about her size or her health, especially because it does bring up, she's like, yeah, I went to the doctor not too long ago and I'm healthy. Um, but all this to say, something that I really appreciated about her relationship with Jordy is that that kind of started with food and Abby would show up at the internship with her mom's leftovers, where it was like, you know, cauliflower crust pizza, but even sadder. And Shorty's just like, what the fuck are you eating? And she's like, I know, my mom. Uh. So then Jordy started bringing, like, empanadas and, like, pollo verde that her parents were making. And she's like, here, I, I brought you, I'm bringing you good food because no one deserves to eat that, you know, garbage quote healthy garbage um so th- i really appreciated that that it, it and it wasn't just like oh i bet you like food it's like no i want you to eat delicious food because everybody should just eat delicious food and then one time the first time that um abby meets jordy's family is when she goes over to like help the family make empanadas and it's just like uh, it was so nice to see like 
Oh, yeah. Nobody's, like, questioning why this fat girl loves empanadas. Nobody's second-guessing why she does this. And then it also didn't feel like to, to swing too far the other way. It's like, eat whatever you want, girl. I believe in you. It was just literally, like... Here's delicious food that I want to share yeah, with you. No, it's, it's delicious. I thought this was, was really nice. uh, this whole thing had a really good, it's, it showed good relationships to food that like, I mean, it was down on her mom's food. Like <laughs> it was really down on her mm-hmm. mom's food. And I was a little sad about that because there's lots of ways to eat very healthy that maybe isn't the most flavorful because you've cut a lot of the salt or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like that is still good. And, um, but it's also the LA sort of, sort of thing where it's celery juice. Yeah. 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 The thing too, is that it, it, it wasn't as much about the, like Abby's issue with her mom wasn't as much about the food as like her philosophy on food. And she has a scene where she's like, my mom calls food solutions. Everything she makes is a solution to something. And I just want to eat food. I don't want yeah. to eat solutions. No, no, and I really appreciated so, that. that. Really I thought nice that was great. I, I mean, um, I will say that, like, like the what I did also like was, like, this difficulty between, like, being a fat person in the world and accepting your body as it is and just like this is my body and i accept it but then also having a knowledge of what the outside world thinks of that body and trying to navigate through that and like trying not to show yourself as being too proud of your body (laughs) because uh, then you're going to invite people's criticisms just based on you know the world or um or like allowing for the fact that other people are just not automatically going to think you're beautiful even if you feel and think you're beautiful in the moment and you're just not emotionally prepared to be constantly listening to people talk about how ugly fat bodies are when you are a fat body you know so like and i appreciated Mm -hmm. that that yes she did accept her body and yes she also um she's also a 17 year old girl who is not equipped to push back on other people's criticisms of her body at every single moment and shouldn't be expected to. So, I mean, it was hard to hear her. And I think all of her friends around her were correct because the, what she did talk about was herself not being pretty. And that part of not being pretty Uh was the fact that other people assign pretty and like you're not in charge of that description of yourself other people assign that and and that because of that she didn't like she didn't assign herself the idea of pretty at the same time like she's like i like the clothes i wear but like it was so much outside of herself i like who i am but like what i am isn't pretty so it was very much like Letitia mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, where she looked in the mirror and she's like, I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> it, and then, but also say at the same time, it's too bad no one else in the world thinks I'm beautiful. And so then, like, when she's interacting mm-hmm. with Jordy, she's like, at first, but like, could Jordy like me? Jordy's so cool and pretty, and I'm not pretty. And then all of her friends having mm-hmm. to go, no, 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 you're pretty. And she's like, well, of course you think I'm pretty because you're biased. And then, like, and, you know, that, but that self-esteem, like, she couldn't, she didn't have that. She didn't have the ability to, like, say, no, I accept your compliment for what it is. It was always, like, 
your um, you want something from this. You want something from this moment. You're saying that to make yourself feel better. You don't actually believe that. And that was really hard to listen to a lot. And not because I didn't think it wasn't true. Um, I thought that those kind of ideas are very complicated and very interesting and very real. Mm-hmm. I think what was hard about that was because there were times where I felt like the book set her up as being correct. <laughs> like what mm. she's because she's correct about so many other things and there's and the book sets her up like no 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 when somebody says they're afraid of something you really shouldn't like her driving she didn't want to drive she doesn't want to drive she doesn't want to get a like, driver's license she doesn't want to drive she and it's not an anxiety thing about it she just she is afraid to and she admits that she's also like I just don't need to and if I don't need to I'm not going to and then the book sort of sets it up as like, look, if somebody set up that boundary, that's fair. That's okay. Stop making them do things they don't want to do. And I'm like, cool. All right. Um, you're also a 17-year-old girl, and I'm sorry you live in the United States, but you have to learn how to drive. <laughs> there, Especially there in LA. genuinely be a moment where you af- have to get behind the wheel of a car. You need to know how this mm-hmm. thing works. But okay, no, it's fine. It's fine. There's lots of people who never learned how to drive. My mother didn't learn how to drive till she was older. So it's fine. Like I get that. But that sets up another expectation for other fear based arguments that she has in her mind. And that goes to the big one. So Jordy did something bad. Jordy's a photographer, took beautiful photos of her girlfriend, who is our main character. And then didn't ask her permission and in fact hid it from her. She because knew that she Abby knew that would, Abby say, would no. say no. She used pictures she took of Abby in a very public photo um, art um, art presentation in a gallery. She was all of her photos were being put up in a gallery, and one whole mm-hmm. wall was just pictures of Abby, our main character. And Abby had mm-hmm. said no; she didn't want that. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. That is worth respecting. And, and she doesn't put her pictures of herself up on the internet. And a lot of people push back at her and go, you're pretty, you're pretty. And she's like, I don't need to set myself up for that kind of social like judgment. And that's fair. But <laughs> she also wasn't willing to listen to people who were like, hey, your self-esteem is wonky at this point. And you need to kind of address that in yourself. And people would say that to her and she would say no. And the book felt, and I felt like the book was setting it up in such a way that where it was like, no, she is correct. (laughs) She is correct. Mm. She isn't beautiful by societal standards and she needs to hide in a hole. (laughs) And I don't think that that's what the book was actually saying at all. But because the book wanted to buffer up her choices as being the correct ones, sometimes I felt like, no, she should be pushed back on this particular point by people who love her Uh and saying, like, yes, we see that you're having a hard time and you're struggling with this this in this moment. And of course, nobody should have posted pictures of you that you didn't agree to them being posting. But you actually have to listen when Jordy says, I think you're beautiful. She's not saying that because she wants to use you for something. She's not saying that because she's, mm-hmm. she just loves you and love comes with thinking people are beautiful. She thinks that. And it's okay for you to say thank you and accept that. But the book wanted to undermine mm-hmm. that particular point. And that, no, no, 
our girl is okay is right she's not at like and so it was awkward for me like there was like it felt like i couldn't quite get mm. over that hump mm-hmm. it's interesting i i didn't feel that but now that you're saying it like i could i could see how how it would feel that way um because something that I found interesting is that there were moments, uh, mainly looking at Jordy's pictures before before they went up in the gallery, when jo- Jordy was showing Abby the pictures that she, Jordy, had taken of Abby. And then also when Abby was talking about her fashion and like what it feels like for her to wear the bright, colorful clothes that she does... Um, and those were moments that she's like, yeah, I like looking at the photos, like, oh my gosh, I like, I'm seeing me the way that Jordy sees me and Jordy sees me as beautiful. And like, and now I understand that. And like, when I'm picking out my clothes, like I'm, I'm doing this for me. And like these bright, colorful clothes make me feel powerful instead of like trying to hide herself or her figure. Um, so I thought those moments were great. And like the fact that it is balanced by the struggle of like, in this moment, I feel beautiful and amazing. And then in this moment, I feel unattractive because of society. Like, Oh I yeah. Yeah. No, that me... struggle. Yeah. Agree. Very well. And I, and I, I thought it was good that we had moments, but yeah, I do agree that like when, when people, started pushing back about that she never believed them and like on the one hand it's like that's a discovery you need to make yourself but we didn't see her start to like actually like foster self-esteem because she realized that people cared about her so yeah i agree that i would have it would have been nice to have seen more of that um there's this moment too where um she's talking about because she realizes that she's in love with Jordy and she mentions like oh and I think she's also talking about how Jordy's in love with her and she's like oh and and I'm in love and my flaws aren't fixed I'm the same person which of course speaks to she felt like oh you need to accomplish x y and z you need to change these things about yourself before you can fall in love before you can have this love story and she realized like no i didn't need to do that i'm the same person i always have been and i'm still having my own love story and like isn't that a fantastic place to be and i thought that was really sweet like that that was a really nice moment no i agree um, i i thought that was excellent yeah, she she needed to yeah get and i mean of course at the end of the book i'm not expecting like self-esteem to be fixed obviously she's a young girl like mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. the rest of us she's gonna have self-esteem issues until the day she dies so you know <laughs> that's not going yep. away and especially when yep. you're you know, you are a fat person, like, you're, guess what you get to deal with the rest of your life, the rest of society's, like, thoughts about you mm-hmm. and your body. Yeah, and when and when you're a teenager who's queer and don't know any other queer people, and, like, the idea of a queer community is sort of this nebulous thing out there, like, obviously yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna, um... What I really liked, one of my favorite moments was actually, I really liked that she had a friend who was a guy who was just great. He was himself. He was, he was weird and pleasant and kind. And I liked that she saw him and was like, there's a, there's a kind man. Like he's big and brash and frat boy. Mm -hmm. And he's a dumb surfer jock guy. 
but he's kind at the very mm-hmm. bottom of it. Like he didn't laugh mm-hmm. when something terrible happened to somebody else. And she picked that out and all of those things are great. And he picked out the same things in her. And I like that this book mm-hmm. featured a friendship like that. And that had to be a, a central part yeah. of what was happening. I also really liked that, um, that I really genuinely also really liked that, um, that her particular romance, it also felt natural for being a teenager. This felt like a teenager's romance. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like there, like, sure, there was the upheavals and whatever, but it didn't feel like overly dramatic or overly romanticized either. It just felt like this is exactly what happens. You, the two of you hang out and then you hang out again and then you kiss and now you're dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The only thing for me, though, just uh, like about the pacing of it, there wasn't any conflict between Jordy and Abby until the art show, which was on page yeah. 156. So, and there, there was also this thing where they thought that if Maggie found out that they were dating, that like they'd both lose the internship or something, even though that was never brought up. And then as soon as Maggie finds out, she's just like, oh, cool. Good for you too. Anyway, back to work now. So like that, that, those stakes never felt real to me because another thing, okay, this was super bizarre at her orientation, like her first day at the, um, uh, internship, Abby kept forgetting to pay attention. Like in that, like it happened like five times, like in the narrative, cause we're in her head. It was sort of like spiral and she'd be like, Oh shit, I'm having a conversation and her brain would have to go back. So then at this moment where, where she and Jordy are like, Oh, what'll happen if Maggie finds out that we're dating? She has to stop. It's like, Oh, maybe they said, maybe maybe Maggie said something on the first day (laughs) about like no dating, but I wasn't paying attention. So I didn't hear it. Just like, girl, what? Like that was such a bizarre character choice. It really was, especially since opinion. she didn't show any other signs of like things that we would normally associate with teenagers in the with like ADD or any sort of other thing. No, yeah. she paid attention very clearly to everything else in her life and <laughs> everything else. And I would have appreciated it like more if it was just like, oh my god, I was staring at this beautiful woman and I was not paying attention to what was happening. It was like, well, at least then I get it. But literally just like... Yeah, yeah. Or like, she was so excited to get this. Like, that she's so... She's struggling to do absolutely everything right, that in her head she was thinking about what the right thing to do was and not actually paying attention. Totally get that too, but no. Mm -hmm. She just like, phases out. (laughs) (laughs) But just in that scene. And then in one other scene, one other time, when she should also be paying attention to her boss. Yeah. And it was, yeah, that was awkward. Honestly, though, I said a lot about, like, uh, what the, you know, like, good choices, the book and self-esteem and whatever. And, um, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I loved this book. I had a really good time. It was very sweet. I thought it had, like. It was nice. There was good feelings about food. It wasn't somebody being turned on by another person eating, which is fine if that's your fetish, but I was glad it wasn't Mm -hmm. in this book. That this girl had a good relationship to food and to her body to a degree. Um, Yeah. No, I thought... And, like, the romance was cute. I don't believe these two girls are going to stay together at all. 
Oh no, no, no of they're, course not. <laughs> they're breaking up next summer. Like they're not. This is they're this isn't surviving the the year. Like good for them, but yeah, like, it's adorable. But well, they're not. They're two different people. Because <laughs> then they're going off to college, and even if they both end up in the same place and start dating, no, that's not no, gonna last I, this is like, but good good for them. But, they're so super cute. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what being a seventeen year old is for. Is like having this first relationship or whatever age you have your first love and your first relationship, the first one's probably not going to last. It's there to like learn about yourself and what it means to be in a relationship and all of that. And then it ends and then you continue to grow as a person. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that was that book. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Yes. Are you ready to play some Fuck Mary Kill? Ready to play some Fuck Mary Kill. Uh, would you like to go first or should I go first? You go first. Okay, Claire. Mm-hmm. Fuck Mary Kill. Doctors. Mm-hmm. Fashion designers. Mm-hmm. And bloggers. Ooh. 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 I am going to marry a doctor. Okay. Because um money. Because if he's Dutch, then you got it Because if he's made. Dutch and money. No, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I'm currently, like, following this one doctor on Twitter. He's an eye doctor. He's hilarious. He's super cute. Everybody's crushing on him. Absolutely. <laughs> like, he's the one I've got in my mind. I'll, I'll marry that guy. That sounds great. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, like, outside of that, it's because, man like try to throw a rock in uh, San Francisco and not hit a blogger. <laughs> Facts. They I mean like goodness, you can do that for free. <laughs> um yeah, and I'm kind of feeling like maybe too many people's opinions are online now as a person who puts opinions online. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, nobody listens to us anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, so, um, I'm only going to kill the blogger because I want to fuck the fashion designer. Fair. Um, one, because I love an artist. I love <laughs> an artist. Um, and I don't know, like, clothes and well-designed clothes seem like magic to me. Like, it's just magic. <laughs> I am... I am permanently angry at the fashion industry because, you know, what they do with sizes and like, honestly, sometimes I do want to wear a sack that's belted because I've seen some of the things they do for larger ladies and sometimes the sacks that are belted are much better designed <laughs> than, <laughs> than the other whenever they try to not do the sack with the belt. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. In general, it's like you know, as a larger person in the world, I'm like, you know, I don't know why you think I want frilly sleeves. I just... <laughs> we just need to add volume to random parts of our bodies. I mean, I don't know why you've <laughs> decided that to hide the fat parts, you need to put them 
in more fluffy fabric that mm -hmm. sticks out further than even my body does. Or ruching. What's what are we Ugh. doing here? Ugh. What's going on? What is what is the thought process behind this? <laughs> I'm very concerned and confused. <coughs> um but yeah, so uh but despite all those feels, mm -hmm. genuinely love a good uh like a well-made dress that fits you, like mm -hmm. clothes that are tailored for your body, that are designed for your skin tone and your hair and your eyes. There's nothing like that outfit. <laughs> Made by an artist who just wants you to look and feel good. Fuck yes. Bring it Fuck on. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to kill the bloggers. Just because I don't... <laughs> the bloggers because i don't go on blogs so like it won't affect my life in any way shape or form um and i can't decide i think i think i think i'm gonna marry the mm, mm. this is this is hard here's here's okay so the crux of it is i like how creative fashion designers are but from what I've seen of Project Runway, they're also too much. There's so much. Um, There's so much. So I think I'll marry the doctor, but not an ER doctor. Like like a like a private practice eye doctor or a foot doctor or something. Again, follow the eye doctor on Twitter. He's adorable. He's got fluffy hair. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'll marry. I guess I'll marry a doctor. Um. And then I'll fuck a fashion designer. I feel like there'd be a lot, there'd be too much going on, but it'd still be fun. Right. It's yeah. temporary. Yeah. All right, Neil. Yes. Fuck, Mary, kill. Yes. Hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Empanadas. Mm-hmm. Ice cream sandwiches. Okay. I'm going to kill ice cream sandwiches. <gasps> wow, that was fast. Yeah, I out okay. ice cream sandwiches that are ice cream between two cookies. I love those. Mm -hmm. But the like, you buy it in a box. It's like the the black cookie <laughs> thing, ice cream sandwiches. I hate. I don't know what that cookie is. I hate it. I hate it, and I always have. <laughs> It gets on your fingers. It gets in your teeth. It gets on your fingers. It doesn't really taste like anything. Uh, like, it tastes like, oh, we want you to think about chocolate while you're eating this. Like, I hate I hate it. So I'm going to kill those. Except, uh, I do love ice cream sandwiches that's put cookies. But I'll just put down a bed of cookies and put ice cream on top of it and still have a great experience. So, <laughs> that. Um... And I think, oh, I think I'm going to marry burgers um, simply because the experience can, you can have a broader experience in burgers. Like the buns can be different. The meat can be different. The toppings can be different. Was like an empanada. Yes, the inside is different, but the outside is more or less the same. Um... So I think that's why I'm going to marry burgers. Also, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I want a fucking hamburger right now. So I'm going to marry it. And then I'm going to fuck empanadas and be so happy about it. Because <laughs> I love empanadas. Mm. 
Uh, and the scene where where Jordy's family, the Perezes, like they race to see who can get the most empanadas done. It was really, it was really cute. Uh, what about you, Claire? Um, I think I'm going to do the same on all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I do even those ice cream sandwiches that um that have that are just the black cake cookie thing. Um, Garbage. Even, even that I have like it's like I have loves for. I always though have wondered. I'm like you know what I'd really like is um, um long thin mints. So instead of that cookie, like a thin mint, but like that long mm. with like the ice cream between. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also super like my favorite one is the um, sugar cookies with M and M's in them with the ice cream between those two. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yes, also yes. love an it's it. Like, oh, and it's, it's good. And it's, it's good. Um, but I'm going to kill it if only because there's also hamburgers and empanadas. On, <laughs> um, and unfortunately one must have, uh, yeah. And I think uh, I just love a hamburger. I love a hamburger. Um, I love it when it's cooked perfectly. I love it when there's like just the right crispy kind of bacon on top of it with like the fried eggs so the gooey egg and like the oh, mwah, avocado mwah. and it's not often that i have these but like if i go to carl's jr which i haven't done in a while i'm getting that hamburger with onion rings and barbecue sauce on it <laughs> fuck so good um and i'm also gonna fuck empanadas i do love a very good empanada oh good and like warm and in your hand and mm-hmm. nom, 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 nom. but I'm only gonna fuck it if only because I feel like my lifelong hamburger love needs to be um, solidified in matrimony recognized by the the state and church yes I yeah. think like um, I must swear to you know a higher power that I will <laughs> not love and cherish hamburgers forever in sickness and in health I will have hamburgers <laughs> Okay. Um, and of all the characters, Claire, mm-hmm. who would you fuck Hujamir and who would you kill? I'm gonna, um, I would, okay, uh, Jordy. I'm just, I'm just sticking to a small slice of summer because everyone else is underage and I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like, um, that, is, that it bothers me. Um, I would say, like, if I were going to just pick some best friends all of abby's like like between jordy and um and the dude oh jacks like they're great i would mm-hmm. hang out with them all the time and they are mm-hmm. like wonderful people i think mm-hmm. the small slice of summer i'm gonna marry carol uh oh, okay because he was fun genuinely mm-hmm. fun like vivacious said lovely things like he i think he told her she was playing one time uh-huh. but, but said uh but you're the kind of plane that makes more sense but like something about like it came out like a compliment uh-huh. he's like sure you're playing but lots of people are are playing yeah <laughs> plane is plane is what everybody is like it's it's fine to be playing like what are we talking about here or like or maybe he was even amused like you playing sure i guess but what are we saying <laughs> It's not a big deal. Whatever. Anyway, but he was super fun, and he mm-hmm. he was honest with her. Like there was mm-hmm. never any sort of we're pretend dating or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol was great. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to kill Jason, if only because he got just hyper annoying all the time with my dear girls and his like, I'm calling you Letitia and that is the end of it. And I'm like, okay, but you didn't have to be weird about it. You could have just... <laughs> Everyone should just call her that until they get to know her better. Right. Yeah. Like, and she actually doesn't like the nickname. She's like, I guess like people call me Letty, but, or Lex, whatever Tishy. it is. Tishy. People call me Which Tishy. Stupid. Yeah, people call me Tishy, but I don't know if I really like it. It's fine, though, if you want to call me that. And he's like, I will call you Letitia, because that is what I prefer to call you. Not Ugh. like, not because she just mentioned that's what she preferred to be called. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm going to kill Jason, and I think I'm going to fuck... Oh, Julian. Julius. Julius. I'm going to fuck Julius. Okay. Um, if only because... I don't know. He seemed fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't like his wife, Georgina, at all. Like, oh, she could be a bitch. She was always <laughs> like, you're so plain um, that I think um, if you try to dress it up, it's going to look weird because it'll look like you're trying. So you should just actually not try, and then you'll <laughs> probably come out looking a little pretty. <laughs> and it's God. like, <laughs> but the whole time she was obviously trying to set up uh, Letitia and Jason. Oh, the whole time. The whole, the whole time. time. Also, I feel like Jason is not a very Dutch name, but what do I know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I am going to fuck Carol because I bet it would be a lot of fun. He was also sometimes coded as gay. Like yeah. every once in a while, he was heavily gay coded. And I wondered, I was like, is he just saying he's interested in another woman? But he's doing the, oh, I'm interested in a different lady, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> and then, like, because then, like, Letitia would say at some point, she's like, oh, of course he said, darling, you look beautiful when I walked in, because he's just so vivacious. I'm like, is he gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have fuck him, and then we're going to be good friends. Um, that sounds great. I think I'm going to marry Julius. He seemed nice, and he was so, so very in love with his wife and child. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's a nice... Plus, he's a Dutch doctor, so you know that he's the most attractive person. Um, and then, um, I kind of want to kill Jason and Mike, the medical registrar. <laughs> Mike the medical yeah. who held it against her that he broke up with her <laughs> yeah it's like wait you didn't want to put out anyway yeah, and I'm going to remind you of the fact that you didn't want to put out every time I meet you in the hall <laughs> right which like he was he was being really weird about it um well no he wasn't being weird about it he was acting in the way that has been um, sustained by the patriarchy and where he feels entitled to a woman having sex with him. Right. And she said no. So he apparently gets to shame her for that, even though if she had slept with him, then he could shame her for that too. Anyway, him and, uh, him and Jason, I'll just put them in a BMW and cut the brake cables and just let the, the British countryside take care of it for me. Or a bull. Maybe a bull will come T-bone them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the books, Claire? Well, um, I'm going to... Ma- I'm going to fuck... Cuddle. I'm going to cuddle. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. 
Oh, also, sorry, really fast. Uh, since you did this, also, you talked about some of the summer Jordi Perez folk. Uh, if I were 17, I would pick Jax to be my summer crush. Oh, my God. Because I would probably I would have had a huge him. crush on him. So big. I would have had the biggest crush on him. Um, yeah, okay, no, sorry, I, the books. I'm going to kill Small Slice of Summer, and I don't feel bad about that at all. And I'm going to cuddle the summer of Jody Perez. Like, cause mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, like, I'll give it cuddles. Yeah. I will also cuddle the summer of Jody Perez. And I feel like a Small Slice of Summer is just so nothing that if we all turned around for five minutes, it would just dissipate into the no, ether and cease and to could, exist you had asked me you're like how far are you through the books and i was like oh i think i'm gonna get started tomorrow and then you said to me you're like yeah i've only read half of one and then you paused no i read the other one i read the whole book and i couldn't and then, you couldn't remember the book <laughs> i couldn't remember what the book was i was like no i know i read it but what was it what happened who was it about? And then when I did remember, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I forgot. White noise. <laughs> White noise. That book to me is dandelion fluff, and you just blow it, and it dissipates into the wind, and then we don't have to realize, like, we don't have to deal with the sexism or classism anymore. Nope, it's gone. It's gone. Okay. So, is it time? For yeah, I our think it's time. Favorite game? <gasps> I'm fairly certain you aren't going to uh, get the theme. Great. I like a low bar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for next episode, we are reading. This is kind of an epic love story by Kaysen Callender. And it's complex by Shoma... Narayanan. Okay. This is kind of an epic love story. It's the title of the book. This is kind of an epic love story. Is the title of the book by Case and Calendar. And then the other is It's it's Complex. Or Complex. It's a play on words. Um, Christine, do you have a guess? Well, I'm I'm trying to think of like what would be the most um, unlikely thing because this is not obvious. I want to say something like apartments or something. I was thinking where it's the like same a Melrose thing. Place. I was also kind of thinking thing. apartments. Yeah, like where or, or singles also um, had that theme, you know, where they're all dating each other in the same apartment people. building. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, apart- no, I mean the movie Singles, oh, where they okay. all lived in the same building okay. and they were all dating each other. So. so, apartments is not the theme, but it's complex. Is a play on words because the two main characters live in the same apartment complex. Oh, so I was, I was a quarter, right? Yes, is, that, that is not the theme, but that is something that is featured in the book. Mm, okay, then maybe it has something to do with epic. Which sure, sure, sure. Maybe that, or no, no. Am I on the lead wrong? you in the trail? right direction, but it would it would take a while to get there. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> no, oh. but I'm putting that in my back pocket. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Like castles, maybe. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is it? 
I mean, it's not social media romance. I feel like we've already. No, it is not. Yeah. Like, epic. I don't, I'm like trying to figure out like any other ways you could interpret in, in like epic. Like a TV romance. I know, like a movie studio or something like that. Close, close. Getting warmer. Getting warmer. <laughs> um, this isn't reality show romance, is it? No, it is not. Okay. Because in the circle, they all live I in the same <laughs> That'd be a fun, that'd be a fun, like, if, if the reality show were them all living in the same apartment complex, and it's called The Complex, and, like, that's a, but that's not what it is. I don't know. I think I, I'm thinking I'm giving up. I don't, I like, okay. because I keep coming back to Epic and thinking, like, I associate Beowulf with it. <laughs> With the word epic. Be- Beowulf <laughs> so, is an epic, yes. Yeah, so I'm just like, but then complex. Like, that's not, that's too modern for like a, um, you know, a fantasy kind of epic. So, I don't know. I don't know. I give up. Do you give up, Claire? I do give up. It's screenwriters. Oh! Oh! So, yeah! And I'm really this. excited because it's complex is Bollywood. <gasps> oh, that's fun. I'm very okay. excited. I'm very and then excited. I'm assuming this is kind of an epic love story is I think it's LA. So. Ah, so I'm very excited about those. Um, Same. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so very much, listeners. Please be sure to tell people about us so that more people can also listen. Uh, subscribe, like, hit the hit the star buttons, all the stars. Leave, shower leave, us with stars. Shower us with stars. <laughs> leave a review saying how much you enjoy listening to us scream about books <laughs> at you for an hour and a half. Scream. <laughs> Thank you, authors. Thank you so very much, authors. We appreciate authors and what they do. Mm-hmm. Um... And I guess all that's left to say is... If you can do so safely. And eating a hamburger. Mm -hmm. And consensually. Keep...